What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports' daily, daily NFL podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Um, I look, look, I'm sorry. I missed yesterday. We had a snafu technologically as well as travel-related that led to me not having a file that I needed to send in. Long story short, you didn't get your podcast. I'm sorry. Won't happen again. Love you guys. Want to deliver great content every day. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll be having a Super Friends podcast on Friday, breaking down the AFC North. For now, I'm going to rip through some headlines because you want to hear my voice in the morning and the afternoon. And uh, there's actually like a, like a little bit of football news, right? I mean, it's the dentist time of the year. One of the two or three dentist times of the year. It's still some football news. The Raiders signed Richie Incognito. Phew. How are they not, I mean, how are they not going with the Raiders on hard knocks? How, how are you going to explain to America, NFL and HBO, that the Raiders, with John Gruden and Antonio Brown, Richie Incognito, Vontez Perfect, a cavalcade of delightful NFL personalities, and Derek Carr, who you could feature for a full episode blocking people on Twitter. How are you not going to put them on hard knocks? And yet, I don't think it's going to happen. I actually think they're going to put the Redskins on hard knocks. Um, Jay Gruden, not thrilled about that idea, by the way. But I mean, look, look, the Redskins are a freebie. The, the Raiders are a freebie, excuse me. I mean, it's a, it's a layup to put them on hard knocks. The reason they won't do it is because they want to put the Raiders on hard knocks next year when they're going to Vegas. Asked about it. Jay Gruden said, if they were smart, they'd go Oakland. Jay Gruden said of his brother. Seriously, what an entertainment value that would be. Antonio Brown, John Gruden, Paul Gunther. Paul Gunther is actually really entertaining. Fontes Perfect, Incognito. They'd be crazy not to go to Oakland. Um, and he continued, he, he was told that, you know, if they went Washington, like whoever they went, Washington or Oakland, if the team doesn't make the playoffs, they're not eligible next year. He said, if we don't make the playoffs, I probably won't be here anyway. So yeah, at least Jay Gruden knows. If the, and it's crazy too, right? Like if the Redskins don't make the playoffs, Jay Gruden probably isn't back next year. But that makes no sense because this Redskins team has no business making the playoffs, despite what our friend Sean Wagner McGuff, uh, think, you know, despite the fact that he thinks they're going to run the division for the next 12 years. They're not a good football team. They're not making the playoffs. And yet, if they don't make the playoffs, Jay Gruden knows he's fired. This is the worst spot to be in for a football team. Your head coach, is under the impression that he has to win nine or ten games or he's being fired. No one, I mean, who who thinks the Redskins' ceiling is 13 games? Nobody. Who thinks the Redskins' ceiling is 10 games? Maybe like a few people. I mean, the over-under is like six. No one thinks that, no, six and a half, I guess. We did that last week. No one thinks the Redskins are going to be good. They're probably not going to be good. They're going to force Dwayne Haskins into the starting lineup too early. And, and they're probably going to be the Hard Knocks team too because the NFL wants to save the Raiders for Vegas next year. That's just how it's going to work. And so they're going to throw the Redskins on there with Dwayne Haskins and Jay Gruden 
It's going to be a terrible season. I love Hard Knocks. I love HBO. They rarely bang out bad content, aside from that season eight of Game of Thrones. I think Hard Knocks is one of the best things that happens each year. But man, the Redskins on Hard Knocks, ugh, it's going to stink. Who's exciting on this team? Seriously. I, I don't know. I mean, we're we going to watch Darwin Kidsey, my man Darwin Kidsey. I, mean, I love Calvin Harmon. I like Terry McLaurin. I think Brandon Scherf and Morgan Moses and Trent Williams are a really good group of offensive linemen. They're offensive linemen, though. Ryan Kerrigan's actually pretty funny. He's been on the pod, he's been on this podcast. So, of course, we love friend of the program, Ryan Kerrigan. Um, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, sure. Montez Sweat, rookie. And there's, there's no, Josh Norman. Josh Norman would be annoying and would take up a lot of airtime. There's no juice to this Redskins team. They're definitely going to put them on hard knocks. That's brutal. Um, elsewhere in the news. By the way, the Raiders shining Richie Garcinito, that, that's a red flag for the Raiders. Peyton Manning says the Jets never contacted him. Manning was actually spotted, I believe, walking around with Tiger Woods at the uh, head of the Memorial Tournament. A couple of goats. Nobody ever contacted me, and I'm not sure I was qualified anyway, Manning said, about the Jets' job. This Jets thing, it's nice of everybody to shove the toothpaste back in the tube. But guys, it's a bad look. I love Daniel Jeremiah. I love Peter, Peter Schrager. I mean, but come on. You don't need those guys being mentioned in the GM search. Like if, if somebody's like, yeah, the Panthers are looking, you know, talking to Will Brinson about what to do with the GM position. You'd be like, the Panthers are effed. They're seriously, seriously effed. Uh, Manning, Manning's, Manning would, I think would be good at whatever he does. But I just don't think you can lob him directly into being a GM or being a vice, vice, you know, VP of personnel or whatever it is. Joe Douglas is reportedly interviewing with the Jets. If they can get him, good job. Get him and move on. Make him your GM. Pair him with Adam Gase and let's get going. Potential work stoppage coming up on the, uh, the heels of some good news in terms of maybe not having a, you know, a labor strife in the next few years. We heard that, uh, Damar Smith, NFL PA executive director has told players that they need to be saving for a year. A year. You collectively bargain to have your players paid 16 weeks a year and you want them to save up for a full year. They have to save their money to skip work for a full year. It's insane. No one can do that. That's why this lockout won't happen. 90% of the players in the NFL cannot afford to miss work for a year. 90% of America can't afford to miss work for a year. Stop getting paid for 365 days. You got kids, a wife, like any sort of nice automobile or house, you're screwed, bro. Um, I do think it is interesting that this news about the potential work stoppage from Tamar Smith came out as there was positive buzz from the NFL side about a CBA being worked out. And then 
Mark Mask of the Washington Post. I'm not going to source guess here, but I would say that the Washington Post is distinctively uh, positive towards ownership. Writes, as representatives of the league and the players union prepare to intensify negotiations on a new labor deal, some NFL owners favor revisiting the possibility of an 18-game regular season or an expanded playoff field. Many owners also seem, this is hilarious, many owners also seem willing to make concessions to the union on the commissioner's disciplinary authority and the sports marijuana policy. I mean, get out of here, dude. Yes. Of course, we've been, I've been saying on this podcast for three friggin' years. They're making weed legal and they're going to revamp the disciplinary policy. They were always going to do that. And now it's being floated that they're willing to do that in exchange for an 18 game schedule, which again, on the, for three years of this, of this podcast, I've been saying will happen. Like at some point, the, the NFL will trade these base level chips for an 18 game schedule because they know that again, and look, talk about the lockout 16 game uh, checks. You give guys 18 game checks a year that will go over favorably. They won't change it. Won't change the contracts. Split the checks. Maybe they, maybe they bump them up. Maybe, maybe the contracts are bigger, but um, this is the, this is, has been so inevitable for the last three to five years. The NFL was always going to take this disciplinary stuff. They were always going to take this weed stuff and they were going to use it as big bargaining chips when it should be something that's so basically built into this agreement for the good of the players and for the good of the league and for the general sanity of everyone. And there's, but you know, that's how negotiations work. They're going to use those two to negotiate their way into an 18 game schedule or try to. And I, I think this is a good spot for them to do it because the NFLPA needs a win. And they can come out of it saying, Hey, look, we're getting you lots more money, 18 games, no more, like weeds, weeds legal now. Like, or at least you're not being tested for weed. And Roger Goodell is not in charge of disciplining people. That will go over positively in a big way with people. Mask also writes a high ranking official with one NFL team said that there are, quote, some owners who would like to expand the season, yeah, I bet, uh, to 18 games, adding it's not clear, quote, if there's much support for the players on that. <laughs> no kidding. Players don't want to play 18 games. That official also said, quote, the commissioner discipline and marijuana policy will come up at some point, and I suspect the owners will be a little more, more flexible on both subjects. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be awful. We got to talk with... We're going to be doing a daily podcast talking about a lockout. That is pure death if that happens. Please don't let that happen. If we have to go for a full year and talk about the lockout, we'll change it with locks and lock. Nah, we've got to come up with a better name, but can't do. This is not necessary. They can hammer this stuff out ahead of time. <sighs> Man, I hate a lockout. And my dad's a lawyer. So I mean, like I'm, you know, trained as a uh, quasi-professional for that. I want to give a shout out to everybody on the uh, Pick Six Pod at Instagram. dot com slash Pick Six Pod. 
all the people who said I should be fired for my NFC North predictions. That was very nice of you. Um, it was at least 250, and that's fine. I get it. You didn't like the predictions. Actually, no, I take that back. It was on the CBS Sports Instagram, which made it even worse. People were mad, hot, and bothered that I said that the Packers might win less than nine games and that the, the Bears might win less than nine games. I mean, I hate to break it to you. The under could easily hit or push and the Bears could win nine games or the Packers could win nine games. The Bears were like 25 to one to win the division before last year until they traded for Cleo Mack. The Packers didn't make the playoffs. The Packers haven't been good in several years. I have the Vikings going over and I have my reasons for it. And I explained it on a previous podcast. I I like the pack with, with Dave Richard. I like the Packers. I mean, I like the Vikings. Excuse me. I think the Vikings will be good. Now, could, um, could the, could the Packers go 15 and one with Aaron Rodgers on an FU tour? Yes. Could the Bears go 13 and three because they got lucky with their defense and Mr. Trubisky takes a step forward? Of course. This is not easy to predict. For easy to predict. Smart people would have this job or, or dumb people would have this job. Not smart people like me. Um, no, I mean, but look, here's another thing that people don't look at enough. Vegas has said that the over-under for the Packers, Bears, and Vikings is identical. You don't think that's a little fishy, guys? Who's the, who's the consensus best team based on last year? Obviously the Bears. Who's the team with Aaron Rodgers? The Packers. And they've got the exact, I mean, like three teams had the same win total before the season. All three teams are plus 200 to win the division. Vegas doesn't know who will win this division. We don't know. The Bears could go seven and nine or nine and seven. Football is funny. The Packers could go 15 to one and they could go one and 15. Aaron Rodgers has been hurt a lot. Kirk Cousins could throw for 5,000 passing yards and the Vikings could win six games. That's unlikely, but it could happen. He doesn't win big games. He, I, don't, I don't like Kirk Cousins. I like some of the, you know, different stuff they did at various levels. God, don't get my Instagram. Wilbur, Sakambo Mobamba says Will Brinson needs to be fired with 322 likes. Eric Paulus said, how can anyone ever pick a team that by Kirk Cousins to go better than 9-7? It's fair. I didn't. So you're nine wins. Over. Ten. Push. Bears and Packers should be over and Vikings should be under. Thanks. I have Troy Human. Keegan the boss. This is my favorite. Lions 16-0. The <laughs> Dave Richard and I go listen to that podcast, man. You look at their schedule. There is almost no way the Lions are winning. Like, I can't find five wins on that Lions schedule. It's so obvious when you look at the schedule, and I like this Lions team, but it's so obvious when you look at the schedule that they're just going to struggle to six or seven wins. It's hard to find, it's hard to find a big season for them. So if you want to roll with the Lions, by all means, man, I'm not, that's not, I'm not here for that. Gerald McCoy is down to three teams. 
visited with the Browns and Ravens, interesting teams of note, and then left there, didn't sign, and visited with the Panthers. Um, I would say that if you're, you know, if you're looking at these teams, it, it is a little weird, right? Because Gerald McCoy, I mean, ostensibly the reason that they wanted to get rid of him in Tampa Bay was he was owed 13 million. They could get in Dominican Sue. They felt Sue was a better player for their scheme. He played in the fourth, the three, four last year with Wade Phillips. But so I mean, like, is McCoy talking to the Panthers? Like, I I thought the Panthers were going to go more. I don't know, th- three, four looks. Are we? What do, what do we expect of this Panthers defense? Does this mean they would add McCoy and along with you know Kwan Short and Don Terry Poe and try and move the like that? That's not. Three four defense. That would be. A, it'd be a, I, I get. I get why you would get a very good player. It makes sense. That would be a weird defense. The Browns make a little bit more sense. Got the edge guys. Another big guy in the middle. Maybe he's talent. You know, talented player. Browns. Browns are starting to have a little. That Philly super. That super. Uh, the Vince Young team. Little. A little too much hype around the Browns. They had Gerald McCoy. People were going to pencil him to the Super Bowl. It's Gerald McCoy. Relax. And then the Ravens, I I wouldn't be worried about him joining Baltimore. But I do think, you know, maybe schematically that would be an interesting slot in there. Um, it's weird the Colts aren't on him. Chris Ballard's been pretty spot on. It's a little weird the Colts aren't on him. You would think that Indianapolis would want to get all over him. Perfect fit in their, their scheme. They run sort of a Tampa 2 style. McCoy came from the, the base buildings of that. I, Chris Ballard loves tough guys. McCoy's a great community guy, great locker room guy. I don't know, there's something, something a little fishy about that. Terrell Pryor working out with the Jaguars. That's exciting. Why would the Jaguars not want Terrell Pryor? I'm not sure that they don't want him. I don't know who he's working out as. Maybe running back, maybe quarterback, maybe wide receiver. Who knows? Um, and then sad news out of the Jaguars as well. Uh, Nick Foles absent from OTAs after his wife uh, suffered a miscarriage. Thoughts, thoughts and prayers are with the Foles family. That is not an easy time. And, I mean, I think, you know, Nick Foles, uh, you know, he's sort of a – he, he was for a little while a bit of a unnecessary punchline and then he won a Super Bowl MVP and we found out that he's actually a tremendous human being who provides life lessons. There's a great quote, you know, about him about how you do have to face adversity to end up finding yourself in a good spot. And so no, no one ever deserves to have to deal with that. But yeah, thoughts and prayers with, with the Foles family as they, as they deal with that. Chris Harris has signed an extension with the Broncos, or at least uh, gotten a pay bump. Before the two sides agreed to a deal on Tuesday, Harris was scheduled to make a total of $8.9 million this season. Now he's going to make $12.05 million. 
in 2019. And John Elway said, we have a lot of respect for Chris as a player and for everything he's meant to our organization. This contract adjustment recognizes his value to our team and the high expectations we have for Chris as a Bronco this season and hopefully for years to come. It's pretty simple. The Broncos know they need to be better this year than they were last year. They know they need to win now. They know that their best chance at being decent on defense involves Chris Harris being there, and John Elway is willing to pony up $4 million to make sure Chris Harris is in the building. Chris Harris, meanwhile, also willing to take $4 million to play on a contract that he was probably going to play on anyway without having to make a stink with the organization that picked him up as an undrafted free agent and turned him into a star. Chris Harris is a stud. He deserves to be paid more than he's being paid. He still deserves to be paid more than he's being paid right now, but I get why he would take this deal. It's a good compromise for both sides. I would guess that it's a, hey, buddy, look, we're giving you more money. If this team is good, we can sign you. If this stinks, you're out of here. And worst case scenario, you're a free agent. And so it works out well for for pretty much anyone. Like if the Broncos are great, then they can point to the signing as one of the things they did. If the Broncos are terrible and finish third in a division that's really tough with the Chiefs and the, the Chargers, they can always say, you know what? It's time to really reboot this organization and focus on Drew Locke. That's sort of the obvious way that this would play out. I think that is it for right now, news-wise. Again, we'll be back tomorrow with the AFC North. Apologies for the technical difficulties this week. It's sort of a long week for me. Short week for everybody. At least it wasn't January, right? Um, I will say this. I've gotten some notes from people uh, in my DMs on Twitter at Will Brinson. Also, Gmail, willbrinson at gmail.com. If you have all-season fantasy football questions, off-season betting questions. You want to send them in? Fire away, man. I love. Um, I you've got off-season kid rearing questions. I'm happy to try to help. I won't be very good about that. Uh, but I, I I love answering tra- trade questions. So by all means, fire them along. Rookie drafts, dynasties, whatever you got. Keepers. If, if you, I will answer them in pretty prompt fashion. Ask anyone who's DM me. Uh, just come with a quasi reasonable question. In the meantime, subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening as always. Talk to you tomorrow, folks.